Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. so hungry you were feeling like a villain like a villain yeah because you just said you were ravinus and i was like oh ravinus would be a great name for like a bad guy in an action movie dr ravinus dr ravinus so like hungry that. he just kills everything in his path oh i like that you know uh-huh yeah uh yeah i would have i'd strangle a squirrel <laughs> yeah you were looking pretty spiky until you had a piece of pizza yeah i needed it well um listen i want to start this episode by just encouraging everyone who listens to our podcast weed and grub to please go to the link in our show notes and vote for us as best podcast at the mj awards because if we won we would get to walk the red carpet in las vegas with all of the coolest people in cannabis uh the whole event is being put on by our friends over at the fairchild who throw the best events in the cannabis space and um yeah, it's a write-in nomination. So the more folks who go over and write us in, the more we have a chance of winning an award. And you know what awards are? What? Currency. Where can people write us in so we can get currency? There's a show link. There's a link in the show notes. Is Ric Flair going to be at this thing too? Oh, shit. Is he the keynote at this award show? Maybe. I want to win an award. Okay. And then meet Ric Flair. Great. We, I w- we could ha- use your help. Have have an award handed to you by Ric Flair, maybe? Um, and then pull no, a move? I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that. I just okay. want to. I just want to hang with him and get smashed. Okay. I heard he's a he. I, th- I heard he gets. You think he's a good time? I heard he's a good time. I bet. Yeah, you got to be a good time. Yeah. If you're that kind of person who moves through through the world in that way. It would be weird if you were just like not a good time. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Um, I right. also have a bunch of show dates. Um. They're at Glazer Boohoo on my Instagram. I'm going to be in Colorado Springs, but I think that show is sold out. I'm going to be in... <laughs> so uh, don't try coming. So you're not allowed to go there. What's Where else am I in Colorado? One other place. I can't remember. This is for the Gateway Show? Yeah. Um, but it's sold out too, so you can't make it either way. Wow. Uh, we're also going to be in Tucson. I think that's sold out. So and best secret, of luck to so you. you can't find it. You can't find it. It's wow. a secret show. Um, so go to my, um, just go to my, in- oh, but I will be on Neil Brennan and Friends on the 13th. I think I'm going to do a show at the Hollywood Improv on the 30th. And then I'm out of town in between there, but you can't come to that either. Oh so go to my Instagram to check out all the things you're, you're not allowed to in, to do. <laughs> That's a great place to start. <laughs> uh, Can I hit that? Yeah. Thank you. I'm starving and I want to be high. It's D- Saturday, baby. Dr. Ravinus uh, needs to get stoned so we can have a good time. Um, uh, there you go. Thank you, Diba. Nima. Oh, this is antibiotics? Yeah. Makes sense. All I'm doing right now is smoking that new Puffco Peak Pro. Mm-hmm. Shout out Roger. Shout out the Puffco team. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you also for the uh, hash. It's so good. So I smoke that at night while watching Sirens on Netflix. And then during the day, I don't want to dab out. So I'm smoking antibiotics flower during the day. The and my life is sage. awesome. It's a fucking good way to have a day. Yeah. Wait, Sirens, is that the one about the mermaids? Oh, oh, no. Okay. It's because there are sirens in it. It is a Korean show where four to six teams of four Korean ladies all compete against each other on a deserted island. And the four ladies in each team Uh are stunt people, police, 
firefighters, <laughs> soldiers. Um, I'm blanking on the other ones. And they have two battles per show, a base battle and an arena battle. And the arena battles are just navy seal style like dig a hole until you pass out and then everyone on your team has to chop wood and then you use fire hoses to try and extinguish the fire against each other and um it's just a battle of like at the end of the day like mental more than physical because you got to push yourself way past your limits and the winner of those arena battles get a uh advantage in the base battles and the base battles are basically like aggressive aggressive tactical capture the flag um, and if you capture the flag of the police people, the police women, then um, they are eliminated from the island and you get to keep their base. And so the whole thing is like a game of risk also at the end of the day. And it's great because I'm super ripped on dabs and it's subtitled. And so I'm learning Korean while I'm reading Korean and watching these women just fucking be badass motherfuckers. Fucking great. Yeah. It sounds like it's got the DNA of like Hunger Games, Survivor, Squid Games, and whatever that weird show was where we saw people like doing feats of strength. It was like the 100. 100, which was crazy. I only lasted one episode of that because I was like, it just, it's, it's too insane. It was wild. Well, yeah. Sirens is along the same lines. Okay. Um, but boy, oh boy, they're, me- they're savages. When they start playing Capture <laughs> the Flag and then they're fighting to protect their flag, mm-hmm. you'll see like three of them on top of one of them. And it's it's an all out freaking brawl. It's wild. so exciting. It's it may- cool. I was thinking of, there was a show. I can't <clears> remember what it was called. I thought it was called Sirens and it was about mermaids. But they were like, they had sharp teeth and they were ferocious. I remember that. It was like a CW show. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it was very good, but I was always intrigued by the concept of like the ferocious mermaids, you know. And then last night when we went and saw Spider-Verse, there was a trailer, which I think you missed. <laughs> and I was- It all sounds m- like I should be real bummed I missed it, it as was, well. It was for a movie that just looks like garbage called Teenage Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Mark, big thumbs down. Big thumbs down. It looked like they took the DNA. They were like, ooh, Turning Red did really well for us. So let's make another movie about teenage angst. Angst? Whatever. You know, being upset when you're a teenager. And um, so they sort of like took the DNA of that and then fused it with some like Shrek vibes and then some Trolls vibes. And mermaids are in it, right? Evil mermaids. mermaids. And the mermaids in it are bad and they have sharp teeth. And it's like the Kraken is like this teenage girl who's like, oh, no, she's having a bad day at school. Now she's a Kraken. Anyway, it just looked awful. And I was like, I know it's not for me. I know it's not for me. I shouldn't be even in a place to criticize this because it's definitely for teenage girls. But Turning Red was an amazing movie that I loved so much. And it was so well done. And it really spoke about like, yeah, just getting your period and like how fucking weird it is all of a sudden to have a different body. And so it was great. So when I saw Teenage Crack and I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have two questions in one statement. Okay. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Good. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Cooking. Culture. Calling shit out and Krakens and Krakens. <laughs> this is a full Kraken and episode. Corey Bush and all sorts of other cool stuff. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, my other question, yes, is did you see the trailer for the Red movie before you saw the Red movie? Turning Red, I did because it was like a. How big was that deal. trailer? Great. Okay, so that's okay. Yeah, because I was gonna say like. If I saw that trailer, I might think that movie stinks and then I would have to see it to know I love it. So maybe Teenage Kraken is right up your Kraken alley. Right up my crack. Right up your crack. Maybe it goes right up your crack, credit card style. I I should give it a chance. I won't. I might watch it on a plane. I don't think it's going to be good. It looked reductive. And um, even the voice, you know, when you see a trailer and you're like, 
uh, I think we saw the trailer for Elemental. We were like, oh, yes. yes. You know, when I saw Joker on a plane, mm. I gave it an 11-minute standing ovation, just like at Con. You did? Mm-hmm. In the middle of my United flight. And I just couldn't stop clapping. Because you're a toxic bro lord who loves Joaquin Phoenix fucking gaslighting everyone. And cinema. <laughs> I love cinema. And I just knew that... To show my cinema support, I had to do a standing ovation for 11 minutes on my United flight when that film ended on the back seat of somebody's chair. Did you have your shoes off? I had my shoes off. I had my socks off. My toes were enjoying the softness of that United business class carpet. You know what? I'm getting upset. We got to change the subject. <laughs> I'm starting to get pissed off. The idea. <laughs> I just love cinema. Anywhere I am, when I see a movie that got a long ovation at Con, I also give it innovation wherever i am well listen we we can get into this right here because i know we we had this crazy fun night last night where we ate a bunch of pizza ate a bunch of edibles saw the spider verse had some very fun stone conversations and ramblings on the way to and from the movie one of the things that i thought was the most fun was when we realized that i was like talking about a movie we were asking top five movies what are your top five movies right like that you can just think of right now yeah i can do that and I mentioned. Do you want me to say yeah. what mine right now? Sure. My top five right now, not all time, because um, I contain multitudes, and I may change my um, my um, mind. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> great. Everything's working great. <laughs> Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. <laughs> okay, go. In no particular order, uh, Gummo. Julian Donkey Boy, Waking Life, Mad Max Fury Road, and what's the fifth? God, John Wick three or four. Okay. One of the three or fours. Great. Yeah. I would say John Wick three would be up there for me in top five in my head right now. Uh, Babe, um, Children of Men, um, Jaws. And the movie that we were talking about last night where I was like, you know, it's that beautiful, heartbreaking movie where that guy becomes like so tragically isolated and it's a drama about him like trying to reconnect with his people. Uh, it's set in South Africa. It's an alien movie. And I, I have couldn't no remember. idea what you're you talking like, about. You were like, I have no idea what that is. And I was a like, heartbreaking movie in South Africa. I've never seen that heartbreak. Oh, there's so many heart movies like that. But like, I've this, never seen it. This one in particular. And I was trying to describe it to you. And I was like, Charlotte Copley, I think, is that. And finally, I looked it up and it was District 9. <laughs> District 9. I know District 9. And you were like, the action movie? <laughs> it's the best movie of all time. But it's not a heartbreak film. Oh. It's an action movie. It's the biggest dramatic it's, it's aliens. Heartbreak. It's aliens like taking over um, like housing projects and stuff, right? Well, it, and the humans fighting against those aliens. It's yeah, action. It happens. It, it of course there's action because it's aliens and it happens in yeah in these sort of like impoverished like shanty towns in South Africa. But the heartbreak of it, it like I remember when we saw it. I, we saw it on. Um, Scott's birthday when I was living in New York and we had a whole group of friends. We all got together. We went to Chuck E. Cheese Fine. for Scott's birthday. Fine. An adult birthday. No, it's a bad idea. Listen, if you're a full grown person, don't have your birthday at Chuck E. Cheese. It was fucking weird. He looked like a, a creepy weirdo because he was like this. We didn't have kids with us. We were just a bunch of grown ups at Chuck E. Cheese. Were you getting lit? Celebrating a birthday. You can't get lit at Chuck E. Cheese. There's no alcohol. Oh, I thought they had pictures of beer for the parents. Maybe they did. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't. Like when we left there, we were like, that was a great great idea and not so great in the execution but let's go see a movie and so we went to see district nine and we came out of district nine on a birthday all together 
just feeling like we had all just been punched in the heart. It was the saddest, most tragic, heartbreaking movie. Tough birthday. Oh, it was a tough birthday. We still talk about it. We were what like, a what a weird birthday. time. Like we had this like weird Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> gathering and then we went to this very depressing movie. Luckily afterwards, we all went back to our place in Chelsea and just like, you know, hung out in the backyard and like had a, had a great night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely it was a one-two punch of like kind of depressing party, very depressing movie. Right. So that's the movie that I was trying to describe to you. And I, you were like, oh, the action movie. I went to a live cremation and then I saw Dancer in the Dark. It yeah. Was a great just 30th. Way to feel alive. Alive. I mean, actually, those are both very good ways to feel alive. Good point. To reaffirm that you're feeling good. Did you hear that my, um, did I ever tell you about when my friend fell into the cremation fire pit? Go on. It was like kind of like convenient. What are you talking about, Mike? Because it was like a two bird, one stone thing. Okay. Because he, he, it was, he wanted to do it. He committed suicide by throwing himself into a crematorium. Yeah, so it was like really convenient. Mm -hmm. I knew when you said go on that you hated it, yet you were available to let me drown. Happy to sit sit here in like a weird kind of anxious silence. (laughs) I'm very good at that. Yeah, but then the anxiousness like leaps over the microphones and starts like hitting me like spider webs into the spider verse. That's your fault. Yeah. That's a you problem. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) So you're saying none of this would have occurred if I hadn't... Tried to like force some weird cremation jokes? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Damn it. District 9 is a heartbreaking movie. No, it's not. I just looked it up. Yeah. Listen, I've got producer Mark fully on my side. He's looking at me with like big big eyes and, and big nods that it is... Yeah. It's an incredible movie about a very sad situation. And it didn't really um, resolve in a way that was, as, as far as I remember, I think that we kind of left the door open for a sequel. Man, I am dumb. I Listen, dude. I'm I think fucking you're, dumb. I think you're fucking insane is what I'm saying. I don't, when I watch most movies, yeah. I'm not, I, themes are not entering my brain more than, more times than not. You know how we always roll our eyes when we'll watch some terrible movie or show. Everyone watches it. And the exposition is something along the lines of like, but that's his sister who died six years ago. And everyone's like, ugh, we know that. Like, you don't need that line. I need that line. Okay. I need to know what's going on. Because I just read the Wikipedia on District 9. Yeah. It explores the themes of humanity, xenophobia, social segregation. Um, All of that missed me. Yeah. And uh, themes. Here we go. Yeah, it's basically like a parable for fucking racism and like isolation and hardship and fucking it's so distressing. But the reliance on multinational corporations. I didn't know any of that. Um, I thought it was like it just an action packed. Like when I see an action movie, all I'm looking for is Tom Cruise to leap out of a blimp onto another blimp or jason Bourne to eat food at a diner and then block 19 punches and knock everyone out in the diner parking lot right but the best the best action movies those, like uh, miss you, me you said um you love john wick love john wick incredibly incredibly sad story behind all of it like the fact that he is battling everything he's doing because of this like en- enormous loss and thing that sits on him right yes, or like but- i am legend one of the fucking saddest movies of all time Great action movie. Great also action incredibly movie. Incredibly hard. Is that the one where sad. the dog dies? It's the one where everyone dies. It's Will Smith against one million zombies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the bathtub with his dog yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it's fucking horrifying. Dogs make me sad, but like John Wick, mm-hmm. 
it's so interesting. This is where I don't have boundaries against you. You can shoot your like, <laughs> that's a bad joke arrows into me and I have no defenses. But when it comes to watching a movie, John Wick, the very first one, we have to watch it because I know you haven't seen it. Right. But the whole plot is that his dog dies. That's the plot. Right. And I only think of that in my mind as like, oh, that's a good device to come up with a bunch of rad ways to kill people and do action tentpole scenes. It's the inciting incident. And I just think of it like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you <laughs> think of it from like, oh, this is a journey about a man getting revenge for his dog. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that dog is out of the picture, I forget about it. Oh, man. And so Crazy. when we talk about District 9 and you're like, yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I'm like, which it's part? It's a tragedy. <laughs> which part? <laughs> well, we were talking about... We were <laughs> yeah. It's pretty clear Wickus becomes a full-on alien by the end of District 9. Is Well, for anyone who hasn't seen it, sorry for that spoiler, but it came out a solid 15 years ago. So Yeah, and it's, it's still a great action it's movie. It's fucking great. But the other movie that we were talking about when we discovered that I was talking about, I was like, you know, these great tragedies that are incredible. Might be in my top 10. And you were like... Uh, we mentioned Children of Men and you were like, it's another great action movie. And I was like, okay, listen, we just... Amazing. <laughs> it's an incredible movie. It's not an action movie. The set pieces doing one take for Clive Owen. Yeah. It's incredible. It's and incredible. it was done. It was um, it was the first one to use that camera motion. It never, no movie had executed that kind of camera motion before for an action movie. Mm -hmm. That's what I remember about Children of Men. Yes. You remember it the, being about like the absolute like, yeah, abortion rights and things. It, it, sure. Isn't that right? Isn't it about um a pregnant woman who has to be protected at all costs? Yes. So That's different it? from abortion rights. Oh, I just kind of lumped him. You do. You do that. I do that. Yeah. It's okay. You're, it's cool. This There's is why room for improvement. <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about women and their bodies. Womb for improvement. Womb for improvement. There you go. Womb for improvement. Yeah, I'll give that one a chuckle. Thank you. You're welcome. One for two. <laughs> um, what is district, or I'm sorry, what has children been to you? Uh, tragic, heartbreaking, amazing, beautiful, sad. Not an action movie. Not an action anyway, movie. we don't need to belabor the what point. About, what I just thought it was so funny that you were like, yeah, I've never heard of this movie you're talking about. And then when I said District 9, you were like, oh, what? Couldn't believe it. Yeah, funny. I'll rewatch it now through your lens. Uh-huh. And I'm sure it's glaringly obvious. I'm sure that it all just missed me because I was like smoking a joint, looking for things to blow up, mm. probably eating you know, monstrous amounts of popcorn out of a very large bowl in my apartment. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. So what were the, th and, okay. So multiverse. Yeah. Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Spider-Man. <laughs> Cracks me up. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, that was Andrew Garfield's. That's good. Yeah. Spider-Man. What about it? Um, what'd you think of it? Loved it. Um, a little bit too chaotic for my brain at this stage of my life. Like I truly watched it thinking, oh, my, when you just swiped over to the children of men photo, mm -hmm. this is a weird background. We're just, we're all loopy today. Um, it, when I was watching it, I truly was like, I don't think either of my parents or anyone of that generation would be able to decipher what the fuck is happening. It's such a young movie. It's so, they're doing so many new things. The animation was so beautiful, but it was also so incredibly fast. 
And along with the like crazy sounds, like I don't know if our mix was off in the theater we were at, but like there were certain parts where I really couldn't hear. And I was like, God, is that just my age? Like, is this something where like a 15 year old can, you know, like the mosquito tone where like a teenager can hear it. But once you start like, you know, getting into your 40s, oh, you, you can't hear that thing anymore. I was like, is this like a mosquito tone thing where like, you think that Spider-Man was teen toned for Maybe. teens only? I don't, they're doing crazy shit nowadays. And so I loved it because I thought it was truly like artistically just such a marvel, like yeah. a beautiful. And I loved the story, even though I don't know anything about Spider-Man really. It was like they made it clear. You didn't have to know that much, but it was also a little chaotic. The sound was a little crazy and it was too fucking long. So what would you score it out of 10? Uh, give it an eight, 8.3. Nice. That's what, great. How about you? Uh, 9.1. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you loved it. Loved it. Okay. Loved it. My right. eyes have never seen any of those things before. Yeah. My brain had never seen any of those images before. I have seen new things. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. And those lovely. rose delights on the table. Oh, yeah. Helped so much. Yo, I, will you talk about them, actually? Because they're so fire. Yeah, this was great. I am um, <laughs> trying to hold these in the camera shot so Mark can see them. So Rose is this really incredible company that is making uh, edibles that are infused with single strain flower rosin and they're Turkish delight. They also have flour and they also have right now they just did a beautiful topical like a facial um, concentrate that is wonderful as well that I'm sampling. So I'm writing about them right now and it's great because I've been sampling all of their different stuff and they do these really cool collabs with various chefs. And he was my butt of the week. I think I just talked about him last week, didn't I? The Rose Creator? Yeah. Yes. So, But I hadn't had him yet. So there, so basically he's just, he's he's an artist in, in the cannabis edibles world. Like it's artisanal, really amazing, cool collaborations and flavors and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that I'm loving so much is uh, these delights that are singles because um, Nathan, the founder, is THC sensitive. And he was like, I actually really enjoy super, super low dose edibles. So I made these kind of for myself, one milligram per square. A box has 20 in it, so you can just eat one or two at a time. And I know there are tons of other low doses out there, like the Petromints and all that kind of stuff, like at two milligrams. But Petromints are satisfying. Well, these in particular really, yeah, they satisfy. And then I think it's the rosin, like the way that it makes me feel one milligram or two milligrams actually does feel potent. Like I did feel really beautifully sort of like an all over glow. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? Like I did a five milli mm -hmm. and the wind was blowing when we were walking back from the movie mm -hmm. and I was like aware of the wind. I didn't take the wind. Oh, I didn't take nice it. Uh, I didn't take it for granted. You know what I mean? That's such a nice feeling. Yeah. To be aware of the wind. What a marvel. It was really cool. I was like, oh, the wind. That huh. feels nice on my skin. Rushing past you. Just ma imagine being a creature with fur standing with the wind. Blow I always think of that when I look at Archie because he's got long fur and long ears. Yeah. And sometimes when he stands in the wind and it blows all of his ears and his fur back, I'm like, that must feel great. Oh, man. If I could stick my head out the window and drive, I know that, <laughs> that it sounds like I'm bringing up the Joker again. I'm yeah, obsessed and then you get, with this your movie. Your head get hit by a pole like in Hereditary. <laughs> But truly, like, yeah, if I had if I had used my first two genie wishes for things that are like, you know, a shitload of money mm -hmm. and for the people I love to never die, my third wish would probably be if I could shake like a dog shakes because I bet it feels awesome. Oh, yeah. And stretch like a dog stretches. Like oh, I want to yeah. have my human form, but a couple of dog traits because they look like they feel so good. You are so right. Oof. When you catch them doing that 
twisty. Oh, sorry. Like when I make my bed yeah. and I just run my head all over my newly freshly made bed. <laughs> like I bet Archie that, does? Like Archie. Mm-hmm. I bet that would feel so good to like rub my ass on a freshly made bed. Wait, it went from head to ass. Doesn't he do both? Because he gets his whole body up in there. He doesn't rub his ass on my bed. I wouldn't let him on my bed. I'm a little more evolved, so maybe that's where it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but anyway, you were going to talk about the shake. Just you know that slow mo twist when you see a slow motion dog shake, and it really does look yeah. Just you're so right. I'm just echoing you. That'd be my third genie wish. Okay, good. Um, the other thing we were laughing about last night, and it actually ties into a major subject for this episode. Mm Hmm. When you, um, when we were walking back from the movie, I was like, yo, it's like, it sounds like it's time for like some ice cream or something. Like I'm high. <laughs> I want some ice cream. And then your brain went into, um, what's the, what's the most beautiful mind I can describe? Like, like if Rain Man knew about what was in his freezer, <laughs> like, I don't know how else to you describe said, it. Well, Cause I, st- it was so, yes, we came out of the theater and I was trying to enumerate like what I had for us to go back and eat. And so I was like, I know I have like a compost cookie from Milk Bar. And then I also have, I think I have some horchata ice cream. And then I'm pretty sure I have one of those Trader Joe's Sublime sandwiches. And then, oh no, wait. Yeah, I bought a whole package and I was saying it all out loud. And you were like, <laughs> fucking rain manning your freezer right now. And I was like, listen, I'm having a great time just remembering what's in my freezer. And that's so fun. That's so fun. To like all of a sudden remember what's in your freezer and be excited about it. On the way back to your place and you're like, oh. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Get excited about what's in your freezer, man. That was, yeah, it was thrilling. And then I came back and I opened my freezer and truly I'd set myself up for success. There's a lot of good stuff in there. There was. It was pretty exciting for me as well, especially once I like because you could see it in your mind's eye. So like your step quickened. You really went double time. Yeah. And then as soon as I saw it, in life, I understood. Freezer flexing. Oh, it's fun to feel the wind and it's fun to know what's in your freezer. Yeah. Coming for you, DJ Khaled, with your <laughs> freezer flexes. Yo, that was crazy. That was crazy. But listen, he sits around and he just thinks about what's in his freezer. How happy is that guy? <laughs> He's the happiest. He's the happiest. Jumping into pools and doing like hippo twerking and fucking ice cream freezer flexes. It's, yeah. He has a good sense of humor. Hats you know off. that uh, the person who made that, it made its way to Khaled. And it made his uh, daughter or his son, Asad, laugh so much that he put it on his Instagram. Oh. Because his son loved it. That's cute. Good dude. Um, which like So anyway, one. find in the freezer. That was my, uh, uh, what's it called? Tangent. Not tangent. Okay. Uh, transition. Great. Into, bum, 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 bum. Dun, 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 dun. Season 20, Finn. Top Chef has come to the end of its era with the amazing Padma Lakshmi. I think it's the end of Top Chef. Well, listen, we'll talk about that. But first, we got to just say congratulations. Oh, my God. We all knew it was coming, but to see it seen through is actually very satisfying. It was a little more exciting than I thought it would be, though, because honestly, so it was Buddha, Sarah, and Gabri in the finale. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We're going to say who won. Uh, but honestly, I, Sarah, I think might have taken it if she hadn't, she had that one dish where, uh, her meat was undercooked. She'd served liver and it was just undercooked, but otherwise across the board, all of those Michelin star judges were like, her dishes were my favorite. They tasted the best. Buddha's maybe are the most technically impressive, but like hers were really, really, really flavorful, cooked from the heart, showed who she was, like checked all the boxes and I think maybe if her liver had been on point, she would have won. I do too. I think that's the consensus across the universe. Mm. 
I will also say you can't make a mistake against Buddha. If you are up against Buddha head to head, he's not, you can out cook him. You can out ingenuity him. You can out imagine him. You can out flavor him, but he will not burn the beans. He will not like oversalt. The man is a technician. So you can't, you have to out cook him and one mistake in your toast. So a big mistake, like raw liver get the fuck out of here. Mm. Sorry, but this is a competition at the end of the day. And for that, Buddha is probably the best competitor. He's the goat of food competitions, in my opinion. He is the, he's the Jordan. He's the, oh, do I want to say messy? Yeah, I'll go messy. He's the messy. Okay. How about a woman? Um, (laughs) Serena Williams. Is she better than Venus? Is she the best in the world? Yeah, Serena's the Serena? She's the Serena. She's the Chelsea Handler. She's the um Okay, what's, what's I, I only more? want to, No, I was, I was oh, she's the Rapino. She's a Megan Rapino. Fuck yes. He's the Rapino. He's the Rapino. Yeah, so he's the goat of TV cooking competitions. And um and and for Is that Is he the Gretzky? See, that's where it gets tricky for me because Gretzky's the greatest, but I don't know that he's actually better than certain players of today like a Connor mcdavid a Sidney crosby i think there are players oh. who play today who are playing at a different time speed era yeah. level than him and it's it, it's just different like it's the way i feel about kareem abdul jabbar that's what i was shaquille just gonna O'Neal. say okay yeah like was... to me shaquille o'neal is the best center of all time nobody could stop him kareem at that time yes now unmatched right but shaquille was playing with and against like behemoths he's just the best center of all time and i think it has to be era to era and so in this case um buddha is the best of all time yeah know what i mean i do know what you mean also someone just started up a drill next door can we hear it no (laughs) yeah he was incredible and also um so i i just love when they call their families to let them know what happened and he called his wife and he was like, I wouldn't be here without you. And she was like, damn straight. That was awesome. <laughs> Get home. It was so good. Because I think she works at 11 Madison Park. Yes. Yeah. She's an incredible chef in her own right. So it was pretty neat to just see that support, you know, happen and be there for him and then have him acknowledge it and have her be like, uh-huh. <laughs> and <laughs> get back here. <laughs> um, which dishes did you want to eat the most? I really Sarah's dessert, that yeah. pea cake that she made that everyone questioned and it looked weird and Amar was straight up as her Sue. Like I we think it's a mistake. We gotta talk about Amar. I mean, he was the one who seared the liver off. So yes, but mm-mm. yes, but yes, but Sarah's yes, job but. to supervise. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the other thing that Buddha did so well with Ali was he told Ali at least in the cut to do things like um, pick these, mm-hmm. fry this, like very like components but not the whole and i, I think never Buddha take took protein. ownership yeah over everything and in this case um the divide and conquer that uh sarah did allowed too much room for her to have trust instead of execution and i think when we talk about a technician like buddha that is because he puts the most weight on his shoulders and his shoulders alone as the leader and in Sarah's case, I think it was a little bit more evenly divided, and that ended up biting her in the ass. Oh, man. Well, can we just also briefly say, I know we're kind of all over the place with this finale, but... Yeah, but I'm trying to get a, I'm trying to be a commentator for these shows one day. Okay. So I want us to be the hires to do the after show for a Top Chef. Great. I'm saying. Putting it in the air, would love that. 
uh, on that note then when they were given their shoes to choose so they're in paris they're standing on top of gallery lafayette with padma looking like a fucking supermodel as always and tom in a very nice burberry coat i think it was gorgeous it was, it was they were both looking really good and i was like oh they turned up the fashion for paris fantastic sarah buddha gabri get to pick their shoes sarah got first pick she chose amar yep gabri got second pick and chose tom so Buddha was left with Ali, which was kind of perfect because Ali was obviously there to like, you know, just be the fucking. I mean, the all three of them. I thought Tom kind of nagged Gabri and maybe got in his way a little bit. I didn't yes. think he was the best Sue, um, but I know that they must have chosen them just on who was eliminated most recently. Like that's why those three were there. Amar I thought was good, except he questioned the pea cake, which was the best dish that anyone had all day. And he also maybe fucked up the liver. Bitch, you're not in the finals. Your job is to do what Ali did and just say, that's a great story to tell. That's and move what the I fuck to talk on. About. Right? Yeah. When Ali, all three of them were sitting on the top of Gallery Lafayette and the three like duos sat down to walk, talk through the menus and the camera was panning back and forth and going through all of it. And at the end of Buddha's saying like, I want to cook to represent the four places that I'm from. Malaysia, Hong Kong, Australia, and the United States. And uh, yeah, you're, Ali, it just, there was the shot of the two of them sitting against the Parisian skyline and Ali just goes, that's a very good story to tell. And I, we, we had to run it back. I was like, please show that to me again because my panty soup, I just came in my drawers. Uh -huh. The hottest, just a guy who listens and then tells you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, if you're listening. I'm so sorry that I've objectified him on here multiple times, but it's just like so nice. He just seems like a really great person. Agreed. Who's also insane to look at. Agreed. Yeah. And mad talented. Mad talented. And gives. Yeah. yeah. Great chef. Buddha won right there. Yeah. Inarguably. Because. Inarguably. Doesn't <laughs> that mean you can't argue with me? Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. Then I said it right. You did. Good. I'm not trying to argue with you that you said inarguable, Mike. What would you say then? Argu arguably, but not arguable? I wasn't, argu not I wasn't questioning your use of inarguable. I was just repeating it to emphasize it. <laughs> <laughs> inarguably. Um, when they showed Tom talking to Gabri, Tom had to add like his little touches, his little help, his little advice. Mm -hmm. It's not your fucking job. It's he not also, your fucking job. And then Amar is like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Like, oh, that sounds scary. Yeah, bitch. That's because you didn't make it into the finals. You didn't make it into the finals. And she did. Shut the fuck up. Do the job and do it at the level that you would do for yourself. That is now your job. If you signed up to stay there to be a Sue on this episode, then that is your job and nothing else. Do not say nothing. I would keep my head down, my mouth shut and my knife fast. Shut up. Just saying. I agree. And also with Padma gone, like Buddha is going to be the goat forever now because there's pre there is there is an end of an era that yes. happens where Buddha is on the Mount Rushmore of this show. Mm -hmm. And now everything will be discussed in a post Padma era. And that is huge. So 
we were talking about this because we were like, you know, who, who, how do they even go for it? Do they choose someone? Do they bring someone up from the ranks? Like I think we saw a tweet that was like, bring Carla in, bring Carla from. That's a terrible you know, choice. Well, I, don't, I think Carla is so fun on camera and I love watching her and she's fantastic, but I just don't think she has the hosting energy. She's like, a I would great like to sprinkle. S- yeah. As a tertiary surprise, love her in a in a sprinkle situation. Yeah, just like, or, or even main cast for me. She was on that weird Netflix show that was called like Garden of Delights or whatever. And the chefs who were judges were like dressed like gods and it was all like instagram fucking bullshit recipe it was just like a i don't even remember anything about it other than it was just like an insane fucking mashup of visual shit and it looked like it tasted bad (laughs) but she (laughs) was great on that show (laughs) she was kind of the good part of it i but i think solha from bon appetit boom number one number one would be incredible when you said that I immediately said, it's a wrap. 100% that's a wrap. Yeah. She is perfect for it. I think because it's going in a totally different direction from Padma, but it's still like a, a, a woman who has that like wonderful warmth in front of the camera, makes that great host, obviously is like insanely talented with food. But then Solha is, has like that kind of like goofy fun energy that I think would possibly bring a lightness to Top Chef that could be like just like a fun new direction to go in because like we were talking about this like obviously Tom is like just incredibly super high you know he's the top judge he's just has to be a critic and then Gail is like this like the sort of sharp I think you said she's like you called her like a squeeze of lemon she's a squeeze of lemon mm-hmm. on the show absolutely mm-hmm. she's the acid not that she's unkind she's very kind she's lovely open-hearted but she's a sharper sword yeah. And so we're like, you know, if you want to bring in a woman, I also think that Gregory would be a great um, possible option, maybe not as a host, but I think he'd be a good field producer. Yeah. He'd be great in the field. Like, you know how uh, like on Iron Chef, they'll have someone walking around having to chat with them because right now the story producers on Top Chef are having them ask each other, what are you cooking? Where are you at? Like that's happening. You could pull back from the cooks having to talk to each other and do more someone walking around talking with them besides Tom. And I think Gregory would be great in that role. I don't think he's a host that could replace Padma. I can't also remember Padma, his last name. I should say his last name. Too. Uh, well, he just wanted James Beard oh. for his new restaurant, Khan, K-A-A-N, I believe. So great. He would be in the running based on accolades. He's having a great year. He wanted James Beard for his restaurant. And so I love him I on camera. You. He just looks like a deeply kind and awesome person. Yeah, he does. But he's not Sola. The thing with Sola that is great, too, is if they go in the exact same direction as Padma and they hire a hot alien like you like to describe her, <laughs> then I will be comparing that new hot alien to Padma the entire time. I needed to go in another food direction. I needed to go in the direction of someone who loves food, is worldly, is cultured, and soft, brilliantly spoken like her, but is not an alien who looks great in two leather straps. Know what I'm saying? Sure. And I think Sola has the personality. She has a completely different look, but she's still hot. I hope that's okay to say. (laughs) I think she's hot. Uh, And uh, she's hot. And so... And also she has a um, a deep knowledge that is kind of surprising, I think, at times, because it turns out that she actually is the best cook at Bon Appetit. And everyone was like, she's far and away light years ahead. The kitchens she's worked in, the recipe development she does. Um, 
but it's all also in addition to a bubbly, fun personality. She's perfect. I love her. I love her on camera so much. Thanks for letting me go off. You you know, I know you're the one who introduced me to her. I know you're like, you've been a Sola super fan from Jump. You even watched that terrible brunch show because she was on it. And we were like, oh my God, what is this? Why is Eugene Levy wearing that insane sweater? And also Soha's, sorry, (laughs) Eugene's son, Dan, grew up with Eugene, sorry. But uh, they also had Solha like wearing things that like she looked like at, at the costume design just really bothered me. The show was not worth her. They put her in level an of apron talent. that matched the background. I just it looked fucking awful. They were like, "Can we hide all of you in ugly clothes that we have?" Like it felt like a prank. It was it not felt a like good a show. backdoor prank. But it did. It that show was. Sucked. It was clear to me that they were like, "Oh, we should have her on camera in a hosting capacity, and you know, obviously, like give give her this." You know, like, let's give her those jobs. So put her on Top Chef. Put her on Top Chef. And this is a weed show. And I do love weed. In a Bon Appetit video during the pandemic where they were filming from home, Mm -hmm. she opened up her um, cabinet. (laughs) And in the spice cabinet was a weed jar. Yeah. And I screenshot it, circled it, tagged her and was like, I like Sola a lot. And she just wrote back and goes, ha, ha, ha. Yay acknowledged it's a weed jar in her cabinet you know even if she don't smoke all the time she's at the ready always prepared a technician well we come on let's do it let's launch a launch an online campaign for i think you know or maybe they'll do like guest uh judges like they did with the daily show where they'll bring in someone you know just see how it fits kind of do the you know do that kind of shit yeah they might have to do that give sola an audition as we give her a season to sort of like you know see see how she does that's an interesting thing a rotating cast like they do at the end of a uh Late Late Show or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, I also, Mark just pulled up, there was a USA Today article, before we get to our news, of five candidates they think would be good to replace Padma. And I, uh, they're not bad, actually. Oh, Kristen yes. Kish? Kristen Kish. Holy smokes. How about it? Well, she is a... I don't like being so reductive as to just say anyone's a hot alien, but you know, there are these people who just look so wild on camera and you're like, what, how do you walk around like that? And I, so I don't mean to just objectify them, which I have done multiple times by talking to them and the, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I obviously are there so much more than how they look. We all are, but then there are some people who just look like that and are also incredible people. And it's just, I mean, she's one of them. She's one of them. She <laughs> did great. One of them. It was interesting to watch her on, um, Alton Brown's Iron Chef America on Netflix. Yeah. He was a little threatened. He he. Every time she would say some knowledge, he would come on the back end and add to it. He couldn't oh. help himself from adding. He couldn't just let her show her stuff. A little bit threatened. It was an interesting dynamic to watch. Who else do we have? Oh, Melissa. I brought her up last night. Oh my God, Melissa. Yes. Although I don't know if she has the hosting vibe. She definitely would be like an incredible like addition to the judges table. But as a host, I don't know if she has that like warmth that you really need but she did make an old italian man cry with her food <laughs> true so yeah but you know i think she's too close to gail to work too close like as in a friend vibe. in vibe oh in vibe yeah she is bracing yeah okay and nadia hussein okay i don't know uh, nadia i'm guessing she oh great british bake-off i don't remember her see i don't think i saw her season she won but. the sixth season so i might have seen it i might not damon patterson no come on shut Hell up no. <laughs> dame drops mm, that dude makes love to a chicken sandwich with his lips in a fucking uncomfortable way have you ever seen him no all right I, my friend produced his netflix show and i watched the netflix show and the show is good he makes me uncomfortable he's always just like licking his lips and going like mm, and it's like he's making oh. love to every sandwich with his 
um words and mouth before he takes a bite and um you know how ali gives you like the drips well i get the dries <laughs> from a uh, dame drops because god damn oh you make me think of someone who i met the other day for the first time and we were just in a group of friends and she said uh she was like, I don't say make out. I say mouth cuddle. And I was like, mouth cuddle is a disgusting turn of phrase. And I don't want to ever hear it again. What is a mouth cuddle? Sorry. Dude, you just weren't listening to me at all. You went, you and, you and Mark were just talking to each other through the glass door there where I was like rabbiting on about something. So I'm not repeating it. Who are you talking about next? <laughs> oh, man. Boss shit. Yeah. I am sorry. It's fine. Who is I'm up sorry. on the, It's fine. But Mark might have nailed a great choice for Top Chef. Oh, Samin Nosrat. Yeah, I lost it. Sorry, I know you were talking about mouth cuddling. And That's I fine. don't know what that means, except for maybe two tongues laying on top of each other. That's all I can picture. But when he pulled up Samin, who I've made some of her recipes in salt, fat, acid, eat, and I run back her YouTube videos. Her and Sola, happy with either one. Mm. Great fucking calls. Great calls. Awesome. Have I showed you her tuna confit sandwich video? You made it for me during the pandemic. Oh, that's right. I did. You, I came over one day when I was in some crazy pandemic fucking breakdown, mental breakdown mode. And you were like, I made this tuna confit sandwich. Please eat it. And uh, it healed me. <laughs> it was incredible. That's the most biggest olive compliment. oil confit, right? Yeah. Like I remember you had been working on it and you were wearing that robe that pink, pink robe. robe hell yeah like, what's going on with this guy <laughs> just making tuna comfy sandwiches in his apartment wearing a robe great um i that was my first time ever trying to comfy anything mm -hmm. and it's i don't know if it's easier or harder than i thought but i do like the <laughs> slow super low still able to touch heat of the oil and then just watching it transform everything but keep it all the juices locked in. It was cool. I really liked doing it, and it was a lot easier than I thought. And I'd like to do it more. Tuna okay. confiting is pretty rad. I've I've made duck confit a long, long time ago, and from what I remember, uh, a large part of it is the once it's like sort of baked into its own fat, or not baked in, but it's like sort of lightly simmered in its own fat. Then you chill it for I think overnight. And that's part of the process is that it like sits in its own fat. Is that what you did with the tuna confit? I don't remember, but I would love to try that regardless because mm. that sounds so good. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, that's what I'm doing every day with my body. Sitting in your own fat? Yeah, and I'm pretty damn tasty. <laughs> Glazer confit? <laughs> Great. <laughs> pretty delicious. Yeah. Yeah. It's working out. Um, while I do the news story, can I tell you also, I'm going to pull up the news. But oh, like, uh, I'll crack a new brew because they are, uh, yeah, we can shout them out in... Uh, in conjunction with our news, they so these guys, uh, New Brew Euphoric Seltzer, you can go to the link in our show notes and there is a code that gets you 10% off for uh, New Brew and they are um, a refreshingly potent dose of botanicals in sort of an adult soda because it contains kratom and kava, which gives you like this little energetic lift, no cannabis, no artificial ingredients, no alcohol or anything like that. But it does give you this like little sort of like mood boost. I love it. The citrus flavor we've called an Arnold adult Palmer, adult Palmer on here. I don't have a name for the, what did we say the berry was? A uh, goy. A goy Rogers. A goy Rogers. <laughs> we'll come up with something better. But anyway, new Why brew. do we need something better than that? That's brilliant. Okay. Goy Rogers. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Check them out in our show notes if you want to um, get some for yourself. For the gig I'm on, I needed something to get through the second half of the day. And uh, I cracked one of those. 
pushed me through. And then by dinner, I didn't, I wasn't exhausted, but I wasn't juiced up anymore. Nice. Like it hit me exactly right. It was what I needed. Love it. Yeah. So can I have a sip of it before mm-hmm. I read this news story? It's so good. This berry flavor. Was it little... Goy Rogers? No, I'm going to think of something else. I'm going to write some more copy. It's it's like berry berry botanicals with black tea. So we'll 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 noodle on a name and uh, drop it in a, a later app. Not Goy Rogers. Not Goy Rogers. <laughs> okay. All right. What's our news story, Mike? It's interesting. The Grublet Gazette. I wanted to pick an interesting one. Okay. One second. I'm going to scroll over at Weed and Grub on YouTube. I'm just going to sit here while you do this. Where is it? I don't it? know. It's here. I'll oh, there it. it is. Okay. Sorry. Bear with us while Mike runs the tech and the news story. Now he's ready. He's mad at me. I don't know why. He's just looking at me weird. If you're looking at the YouTube, this is often our vibe. I say something and then Mike just stares at me and um, I'm willing to sit with the discomfort, Mike. Do you know I had a core memory the other day? What was it? Are you hating with- me? <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Because we really do love each other. For anyone listening, it's it, it's true love. We love each other so much, but there is also just sometimes some weird aggression. <laughs> it's because would- <laughs> we know each other and like each other so much. But sometimes I just like, wow, the way he is looking at me is crazy. <laughs> what was you your- know? I had a core memory the other day of hating you. <laughs> goes all the way back to childhood when I didn't even know you. I just pre-hated you before I met you. Oh, if you spot it, you got it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all related to our mothers. That's that's all I know. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. The reason I'm staring at you, maybe, we're still unpacking it. I'm still unpacking it with Peter at noon, is um, one of my earliest, earliest memories mm-hmm. is crying in my crib and my mom just staring down at me. Oh, my God. Not touching me. <laughs> Well, yeah. Yeah. My mom used to plug in the vacuum cleaner and just leave me alone. What do you mean? Oh, like the white noise might yeah, this pre- put you down? I guess we I predated white noise machines when I was born. <laughs> just let this thing run. We just didn't have one. But yeah, she said that she used to just plug in the vacuum cleaner and leave. Oh, my God. Look at us. <laughs> we have a lot in common. <laughs> oh, my God. You are a core memory. You just, it's just not fair to you that you are. Yeah, I just, we've, we've always known each other, Mike. God damn, man. We'll get through it. Well, the news this week is an experimental drug for marijuana addiction shows promise, a small study finds. Hmm. There's no FDA approved medication yet to treat cannabis uh, use disorder, which may affect millions of Americans. Okay. Um, do you mind if I keep going? I'd love you to keep going. Cool. So it's an experimental pill. And it's the first in a new class of drugs that shows promise in treating cannabis use disorder. Uh, It was published in the Nature Medicine Guide. Uh, The drug is known to have good effects in a double-blind test uh, by researchers at Columbia University. And uh, that's very encouraging to the people who did the test, of course, because they did a good job. Uh, There are no drugs yet approved to treat cannabis use disorder, which is estimated to affect up to 30% of marijuana users. Now, what is cannabis use disorder for 30% yeah, of them? That's what I'd like cannabis to hear. Cannabis use disorder is diagnosed as the inability to stop using marijuana, even when it causes significant disruptions, disruptions in daily life, such as interfering with relationships or work. Right. An estimated 14 million Americans struggle with cannabis use disorder 
in 2021, according to a substance abuse and mental health service report. Mm. Uh, so this drug will help with that. And um, we are seeing where that will go and what that means. I think there's a million reasons why I'm bringing it up, but yeah. it sounds like you've got some opinions as well. Well, I mean, you know, so many opinions, but without knowing much, I think it's just... What more do you need to know to form an opinion? I don't need you to read off your phone anymore. I mean, I think we can just, you know, go go with everything you said. The, the few things that I would point out would be, first, you know, we were talking about Hamilton Morris last week, and when we saw him on the panel at the California Psychedelic Conference and how he was talking about, <laughs> we were talking about pharmacological determinism determinism and that sort of thing, but also he was really talking about how specifically related to any kind of drug, it's it's never the drug that's the problem. It's all the things that are surrounding the drug. If you are if you are addicted to heroin, the addiction is the problem. And addiction is a combination of a bunch of other factors that are some related to the drug and then a bunch that are not related to the drug and economic instability and mental health issues and a support network and trauma and PTSD and all that sort of stuff. So cannabis use disorder being identified as that in the first place, like are, what are you talking about? Are you talking about like uh, vets who are returning, who are using cannabis to treat their PTSD and that's, they're relying on it as medicine. Are you just talking about all medical marijuana patients who are unable to stop using cannabis because it's actually something that they rely on to treat symptoms? Like how are you defining cannabis use disorder? Who's defining cannabis use disorder? And how are you defining it hurting relationships and work? Yeah. What is disruptive? Like, you know, are you saying that it's disruptive because your job drug tests and then you you tested positive and now you're losing your job because that's actually just it's a policy a, problem a flaw in the fucking system and yeah. exactly it's a fucking policy problem and then also I think it's really fucking weird that big pharma you know is trying to just like edge in and be like oh we're going to create a drug to treat an addiction to a plant like none of that uh, rings true or right and obviously I haven't read the studies or know anything. This is all news to me, but uh, I call bullshit on all of it. I do too. The <laughs> only two things that you just made me think of are um, the idea of creating pharmaceuticals to be the solution for a problem that you didn't know there was was a problem to begin with mm -hmm. is a really interesting way to approach anything because that would be like, well... If that's if I'm addicted to cannabis use and there's a pill for that, what what about sugar? What about fucking um, overeating? What about uh, fucking migraines I get if I don't drink twelve diet cokes a day? Like, is there going to be a pill for like my caffeine withdrawal because I yeah. drink a pot of coffee every fucking day? Like, yeah, it's very and Western. That's making me like you know not go out and have dinner with my wife because I'm so burnt out after work and I just go home and fall asleep. Like, what are we talking about here? What are we saying is like, there's a pill for your illegal cannabis use or your overuse of cannabis when the whole world yeah. is fucking manufactured for you to, I don't know, man. I, I guess I know what I'm saying, but I'm not being eloquent because you're better at speaking about like journalism than me. No, no, you're saying it absolutely right. And I totally hear everything you're saying. Like, I think that the, you know, it's it's big pharma identifying a problem that doesn't exist and then selling you a pill to fix something that they've convinced you you have, right? Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. And it's, it's you know, a, a huge part of the anti-cannabis movement who either want to keep it illegal because they want to keep, you know, the system as it has been, fucking status quo, 
or they want to make sure that it falls under the purview of big pharma. So those are the people who are profiting. So those corporations, organizations, nonprofits, entities, activists, people who lobby against having legal weed also want you to believe that it is dangerous, that there is this disorder, that there is this, you know, uh, that benefits them. It benefits them for you to think that you have a sickness. Now, I do know that there are people who struggle with cannabis use. Absolutely. I have a very, very good friend who's fully sober, and he's talked to me at length about how he really struggled with cannabis consumption. And I have to believe him, of course, because that is his story and that's how he actually felt about using weed. We know people who suffer from can um, cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. We, you know, many people, it has either made them sick or they have struggled with it. It is we a drug. We have a very good friend who who knows people who um, he's, he's like, yes, I, cannabis actually can be addictive. I'm just being straight up with you about my own experience. There are people who have this experience with it. It's not my experience, and I then have to believe their experience, but that's all anecdotal. When you're looking at the real like rates of anything, th those can be manipulated really easily, you know, depending on who did the study, who did the survey, who was the population you were surveying, what were the, you know, factors that you were taking into account. Like, you know, it's it's just so easy for uh, these big right wing organizations to like take a study, point at it, you know, all of these factors that they sort of identify as being like, you know, cannabis use is dangerous or cannabis use is like increasing in teens or whatever it is and skewing it and then um, using it for stuff like this. And I don't think that there is a 30 percent cannabis use disorder. Sounds high. Situation happening. I don't believe it. And. Mm -hmm. I think one of the talking points that always drives me crazy, I know this is one of the talking points that always drives me crazy, is when politicians, people in the scientific community, people who are uh, not as pro-pod as we are, always say, there hasn't been enough research done. There, We don't have enough research on that. When it comes to uh, helping veterans with PTSD, when it comes to um, sexual lubrication in your 80s. Shout out Jane Fonda. I know you just listened to that podcast with her talking about getting high and fucking in that was at it, 80 no, years old. Isabella Ende. Isabella Ende. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. um, there's not enough research for any of that, but we already have enough research from a small study to get FB, the FDA to look at a pill to stop the effects. Mm -hmm. There's enough research for that to go all the way to the FDA pretty fucking quickly. The thing where it's like government control, we are worried about you and in your best interest, you might need this cannabis pill to stop your overuse of this drug that we don't have enough research about in the other direction to actually understand the plant and have maybe more education so that if you do feel like you're overindulging, how to dial it back and take a little break. Yeah. No education on that, but we have enough education and study to be like, here's a pill to just put on top of that bullshit. So American. That fucking drives me crazy. Yeah. That fucking drives me crazy. It's, yeah, it's it's so very American, unfortunately. And, you know, I'm going to Portugal in a couple of weeks and I'm really looking forward to like learning more about how drugs and uh, the decriminalization that happened in Portugal sort of works for the society there because they really decided, they decided to decriminalize everything and treat all addiction to all drugs as a health issue. And, you know, support people who are struggling with addiction to any substance as not criminals and not people who should be ostracized by the system at all, but people who just need the support and help in order to not use a substance to do whatever it is, numb out or, yeah. So it's just crazy in America that they're like, it's a pill, here it is, buy it, this will fix it. We've identified a new problem that you never knew existed. 
wild. 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 If you do look any more into this, um, you should be able to have a pretty expert hold on all of it because you did get 100% on your fellowship <laughs> and we did not talk about it. I We did. We did? Yeah, we totally did. We did? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> Still proud then, baby. Thank you. Still fucking proud. I'm going to print up a copy of the certificate for when I go. I'm going home to visit my mom in Newfoundland and um, I'm going to take a copy with her or with me to give her because uh, it was meaningful for her that I went through like a, a university program and, you know, got a certificate. So thank you. It was really nice. Cool. What do we got? We got a wrap pretty soon. So uh, what's next on our swipey swipe? We have three things. Okay. But one of them I don't know anything about this oh yeah so oh this was our cream corner because uh bill oakley just went to the national restaurant association show and he saw this new heinz dispensing machine that's basically like um the machine when you go to the movies at amc and you can mix your own soft drink freestyle machine a freestyle machine so they've got a freestyle condiment machine (laughs) heinz has uh come out with this amazing machine where you just pop in your little ramekin and then you pick all of your flavors and you can mix it up and bill oakley uh put it on his instagram and it just he's such a fun follow if you don't follow that bill oakley showrunner of the simpsons friend of the podcast we had a great episode where he came on and told us all about his career and now his new career as a food critic and blogger or blogger i don't know vlogger instagram celebrity Anyway, he's the best, and he just looks like he's having such a good time with all of this. Wow, a freestyle. He he um he reviewed intense mango ketchup and Heinz fifty seven sauce. Mm-hmm. I gotta look this up because I I want to know the mixes. Because um I mean we've gotten into the debate so much. You know I had a thought the other night because I bought waffle fries from Trader Joe's. Yeah, it's not actually about the waffle fry. It's about the negative space in between the waffle fry that makes it so elegant and perfect. You like a big space. It's the big space that holds the dip in this like kind of a web, you know what I mean? Where it like holds its shape, even though it's just pushing against the walls of the negative space. That's what really makes a waffle fry so beautiful is the negative space, not the not the actual fry itself. Yeah, it's the wah, not the full. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, what are you looking up? Don't get on your phone. I hate it so much. Um, Heinz, 50, <laughs> Heinz 57 freestyle machine. <laughs> It's what it's like one of my triggers when we're on the pod and you're on your phone and I get Why? I it just makes me nuts. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I've told you that. Yeah. I mean, I can be on my phone too. We could just sit here and be on our phones. All right, here we go. Can I tell you just some of the flavors in sure. here? Heinz ketchup, ranch, 57 sauce, barbecue sauce, and then you can personalize it further with enhancers like jalapeno, smoky chipotle, buffalo, and mango. And then of those enhancers, mango, buffalo, chipotle, jalapeno, you can do intensity level, low, medium, and high. Great. Wow. So I would do like a ketchup ranch with a little jalapeno, high jalapeno heat. Fantastic. Fuck, that sounds so good. Yeah. Ooh, and we can open up a chip shop in um, one of my favorite in London or something. Places of all time is called Frite Allure in Montreal. And it's a chain of French fry shops where you can get um like, I don't even remember what the sandwiches are because I just used to go for the fries and you just get a paper cone of fries and then they have like a condiment bar and it's all different aiolis, like 15 different kinds of aioli. Oh my God. All mayo based. Oh my God. Yeah. It's the mayo for me. 
with all of the fries and they would have uh, every different flavor. Um, Can you, do you put the mayo in cups or do you have to spoon it on top of no, your you fries? No, get, you get the little paper. Oh, good. So I can mix and match. And Thank you, God. Yeah, I can mix. It was so good. And when you're, you know, a theater school student or you just don't have a bunch of money, it was such a treat to go and get like a big greasy cone of fries and like, <laughs> you know, whore, like walk out with like six of the ramekins of sauce and go sit in the park and smoke a joint. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Before we move on from Cream Corner and get to Corey Bush and Butt of the Week. Yeah, we got to go. I, Mark, do we have to go? Yes. <laughs> he says yes. I okay. have to go. <laughs> oh, you do? Too? Yes. Everyone has to go. Yo. <laughs> stuff to do, man. What else do you want to talk about? You have to go to the woods and get high. Yeah, I have to go see an old friend at the woods. We got a smoking lounge reservation and uh, I'm excited to see him. <laughs> we got to go. I got to go get high with yeah. other people. Yeah. Rude. I got a date. Man, you always have to get out of here to do some shit. Finally, it's my turn. What are we talking about? Never are you going to read out our letter from our friend? I am because I uh, I learned a lot, which is very cool. It's one of the best things about this pod is like learning and growing for real, for real. Yeah. And so um, after, uh, yes, I was in a lot of pain. Yes, I am on muscle relaxers and 600 milligrams of ibuprofen right now. I just got my MRI on my neck and my shoulder. Excited to read those babies and see what I can do for myself. Um, and that day when I wasn't on muscle relaxers yet, I, um, I was going off about St. Louis and how terrible the politics are and how embarrassed I am to be from there sometimes because of crime. Number one, murder. Number one, every part of St. Louis is headed in the wrong direction. And then we got a really nice DM from Leslie Thompson, who's also my butt of the week. If you don't mind, if I take up a little space here, oh, great. is that okay? Sure. Cool. So Leslie Thompson at Miss Maisel U. Yeah, Miss Maisel U, Leslie Thompson, um, who wrote, hey, man, uh, or hi, Mike. Yeah, I'm going to paraphrase it. <laughs> hey, man, uh, my name is Leslie. My husband, Tom Sack, at Tom Sack. Yes, uh, big Weed and Grub fans. We listened to the May 24th episode a couple of days ago, and I wanted to reach out about STL politics. Respect your opinion, but you didn't mention Congresswoman Cori Bush. I think she's amazing, and we need more people in politics like her. She's a single mom, a nurse has experienced an unhoused and has gone through bankruptcy. She's seen some shit and is in DC trying to help others who are dealing with the same shit. Maybe her name just didn't come to mind. Um, but just in case you hadn't heard of her, I wanted to reach out and mention her as maybe someone who is breaking the mold and bringing genuine humanity to politics. Thanks for reading and for all of the laughs and joy that we get while listening to you on the pod. Leslie, you are absolutely right. Corey Bush. I did a deep dive because I also didn't know Cori Bush was, I'd heard of Cori Bush, mm -hmm. but I didn't know one that she's from St. Louis and she's also a, the representative of St. Louis. I don't know what I was thinking. I'd heard the name. And when I brought her up to you, you, you were like, oh yeah, she's part of the squad. I'd never heard of the squad either. Wow. Really? Yeah. So like, this was an awesome DM. I'm so glad we talked about it. this DM from Leslie at Miss Maisel U is great. Who's the squad? Uh, the squad were a group of incoming congresswomen who are all young, first-time congresswomen and women of color, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Cori Bush, um, I should think Rashida Tlaib. Uh, I have it right here because I pulled up Cori Anna Bush. Presley. Yeah. Who, do you have the... <laughs> I did. <laughs> this is the episode in which you're looking everything up. Okay. Here they are. Yeah. I said, I think I'll... Oh, and um, Bowman... 
four founding members was Alexandria, it was AOC, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, and Rashida Tlaib, and then Cory Bush, Jamal Bowman, Greg Kasar, and Summer Lee. Oh, those are new to me too. And like guys as well. They've they've added uh, some dudes. Yeah, we got some new Avengers. Fantastic. Thank you for letting me read that out. (laughs) And and so I did look at Cory Bush because I was coming, I always come hard from St. Louis. There's like Well, it's upsetting when your hometown is like in, you know, shambles. Yeah. And yeah, you're mad because you love your you love your hometown and you want it to be better. I really do. Yeah. I really do. Um and so I looked up her political positions because that's what's most important to me. And Cory Bush, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna share because I didn't know any of this. And sure. I feel like thank you, Leslie, for taking the time to write. But Bush is a progressive Democrat who supports defunding the police, criminal justice, police reform, abortion rights, Medicare for all, a $15 minimum wage, tuition-free state college and trade school, and canceling student debt. And that's just like tip of the iceberg shit. Mm-hmm. Here for the new millennia. Great. Fucking exciting. Corey Bush and my butt of the week. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Fantastic butt of the week. Uh, thank you, Leslie. Uh, yeah. Thank you for hanging Can out with she us run? And, like, listening to the pod. Instead of Biden? Could she be president no, no one, someday? No one's going to, maybe, but no one's, I don't think anyone's going to um, run against Biden. Well, Trump isn't even going to run. Well, we don't need to talk Because he's going to be in jail. Oh my okay. God. <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to. As you pull him up, here's a picture of Leslie. Yay. Awesome. Holding a beautiful pose. Um, yoga pose. So this is my butt of the week is Beth at B-I-M-B-E-R-06 on IG. And Beth wrote to us, hi, love your pod and the knowledge and information you guys are dropping. Originally heard about you two from a former, former cannabis teacher of mine back in Ohio. I wonder if that was our friend Big Uncle. <gasps> right? That's awesome. I bet. I'm hoping. I listened to the pod when I lived out in the Midwest and always wondered about the snacks y'all talk about from Trader Joe's. I can now say I've tried them since moving to SoCal last year. I just Enchanted to, jingle. Hell yes. I just wanted to thank you. I work in the cannabis industry and you guys give me current information on the science behind weed and the political movements that I then use in my day-to-day job as a sales manager. Also as a foodie, me and my girl appreciate Cream Corner. Please keep doing what you're doing and stay lifted. Man, it's the coolest getting messages from people who listen to the pod it in support or in education or, or you know, like these two messages that we've just received, like, love it, but here's something that you should know. Here's a correction or, you know, just like, this is what we're enjoying about it. And we'd love to hear more of this. Any, any of that kind of feedback is so meaningful. And I feel like anyone who smokes weed and we vibe with and vibes with us mm-hmm. um, thinks pretty hard about how they want to approach like life and communication yeah. and reaching out to people and us reaching out to them. Like, I think we all have very measured, thoughtful ways that are important to us to approach things that are important to us with each other. Very much so. I really appreciate that. There's a conscientiousness, I Thank think, you. that comes with yeah. cannabis consumption in general. Obviously, not everyone who smokes weed is conscientious. <laughs> um, but I feel like it does, for me, at least give me pause we were doing this the other night. You and I were sitting, uh, eating f- food together. I don't remember where or when, but I was really stoned and I was going to bring up something and I sort of started to talk about it. And then I was like, no, I don't want to talk about that. And I said it all out loud and you kind of watched my process of like something bubbling up and then me being like, no, I'm going to push that off to the side. And I was glad to be able to acknowledge with you that that was because of the weed. It was sort of the cannabis talking in a great way. Yeah. I was like, I don't I don't actually want to talk about that right now because it would have been kind of a bummer. And um, I was like, I don't want to go down that pathway. I'm going to close that ha- door to that hallway and go down this other place that's nice. 
Yeah. And I think I just pulled like a, okay, word. Like I didn't make fun of you. I didn't do anything that was like, that was weird of you to do. Yeah. Why are you narrating your inner monologue? Yeah, no, no, no. I was like, yep. Understood. Yeah. What's next? I yeah. liked it. Cool. That's what I dig about hanging out with you, Mike. Pulled an Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> pulled an Ollie at the end of the app. Non-judgmental space. I mean, most of the time, sometimes you just hate me, but that's okay. I stare at you because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, uh, listen, we've got to wrap, but thank you for hanging out with us. We're at Weed and Grub on Instagram. We're at Weed and Grub on YouTube. You can watch us uh, live stream on Twitch. We are, though, going to be taking a few weeks off while Mike hits the road for touring, and I'm going to travel a little bit. So next week, we've got a really fun interview drop with our friend Matt Kleiman. Cannot recommend it. Oh, can recommend enough. I just recommend. Yeah, highly recommend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we're going to drop a few eps from the vault while we travel that are like just fun favorites. Uh, I'm really excited, actually. I re-listened to one of them and I was like, oh, man, we were having such a good time together and I'd totally forgotten about it. And it's so stupid and just great. Yeah. And we also promise we will come up with a better term than the vault by the time these Yo, release. Sorry. Maybe something weed related. Sure. The stash? I don't know. Ugh. Ugh. We'll, we'll work on well, it. Well, yeah. Mark could just put his hand fully over his face. I think he hit stop record. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for hanging with us. Um, please vote for us in the MJs. Follow us in all the places. If you like us, please give us a review. Leave us some stars. It really helps us. We are always excited to get into the ears of new buds. And we will be back with Fresh Up next week. And we will talk to you all real soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.